Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Facebook Live. I'm John Zerfle, your director, coming to you from the American School of Warsaw. I'm seeing everybody checking in. It looks like we've already got about 37 people online, so it's good to see everyone back with us again this week. We've had a busy day today. We had an open house, uh, the virtual kind this morning, and had a wonderful group of people, uh, new families that are potential families for ASW, uh, taking a tour of our facility via our virtual feed on Vimeo. Um, and then we've had various opportunities to collaborate and connect this during the day today, a meeting with staff and a variety of other activities. But before we get too much into this, just a big shout out to our middle school drama department last night. Absolutely fabulous Zoom event uh, with some wonderful acapella pieces by our kids and then led us into a wonderful website that they've produced that I shared again in this morning's morning message. Uh, please get a chance to go take a look at the videos and enjoy the content that's there because they've really put their heart and soul into this. Uh, everything from the individual performances, the videos that were left from getting ready, as well as uh, some wonderful animation pieces done by the crew in the background. So please go take a look at that and then drop your comments uh, where it's uh, possible on the website. There's a little link there to click to compliment and uh, connect with the kids and let them know uh, what you thought of their performances. So please do take that opportunity. Um, a little bit to share tonight. Hopefully you've had a chance to see eNotes and some of the updates there tonight. Um, last week you reminded me we had not yet put out the list of new staff coming uh, to ASW next year. And so I've corrected that. I did find a couple of mistakes. My apologies. There was some leftover stuff in there and an inaccuracy that I cleaned up just a short time ago. So please don't go and check that out. And the wonderful bios. Uh, made by our HR department uh, based on uh, feedback from our new staff that are inbound, uh, sharing a little bit about themselves and uh, give you a chance to get a quick introduction before they arrive in late July and into August. Um, and then also uh, an announcement that I'm going to share a little bit more about tonight, which is our uh, partnership uh, with a new company that's going to help us navigate the uh, stormy seas of getting ready to open in August with all of our sanitary measures in place and with some key advice on how to make sure that we're ready with all of the procedures in place. I want to take you to a bit of an opening presentation tonight, so bear with me while I do the switch here as usual. I'm going to push myself up into the corner and uh, talk about Facebook Live tonight uh, from the standpoint of our updates. Um, this, this night is about talking about the future and talking about August, although I'll certainly take all of your questions. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to get to Slido, you can still enter your questions there or just drop them into the Facebook chat stream and I'll pick your questions up there when we get to the point for Q&A. Uh, let me take you through the presentation that's on your screen, though, and give you a little bit of an update. First of all, uh, I just want to talk about what it means as we work towards a new normal. We're taking our lead from schools around the world and how they're developing programs as they reopen and come back. Uh, many schools have taken the decision we have uh, to not come back out of virtual school with the few days that are remaining in our year and to focus their energies on August and make their plans accordingly. We know that while we are reopening right now, there's a very real potential of 
the presence of COVID-19 within our environment and within our lives for a longer term. I know you've all seen the good news that we've seen uh, relative to potential vaccines and treatments, but those are far from production or actual availability. And so we have to plan prudently for August as we've been talking about. So what does this new normal look like and how do we begin to get our heads around how we put all of these pieces together and plan forward. And so we started with our core values and our mission statement. We are really trying to link our work uh, to the things that we believe in most and make sure that we're doing due diligence to them in our structural planning for the coming year. And we know that there are things um, that we're not going to be able to do, the things that we would hope uh, to do in the future when we feel like there's a safety and levels that we can get to. Uh, but for the first semester, at least, there are some of these uh, things outside of school that we've typically participated in that are unlikely to be available to us in the shorter term. So we're going to have to hunker down into school and figure out how we do school really well and how we do it safely for both our children as well as for our staff and the adults that are working with them every day. The overall approach is really divided into four arenas. I shared this last week for you to begin taking a look at in my e-notes, but I wanted to delve a little bit more deeply into it tonight. This idea of health data and understanding everyone's picture as they come into the school, understanding kids' health and well-being more deeply so that we can use that as a way of screening kids for help and assistance, uh, without potentially bringing influences into the environment. Uh, the hygiene practices and the support, the teaching, the expectations, the equipment that we'll be installing throughout the building to make sure that we're able to deal with all of the needs that kids might have. And so we're really working hard uh, to keep working on that and everything else that goes along with it. Um, the health boundary, too, becomes an important part of our planning, the school perimeter, but also the building perimeter and, and really controlling access into the building more significantly next year. We can look for uh, badging and uh, possibly RFID uh, tagging and recording of students as they enter the building and the limits that we'll probably have relative to visitors and parents. Uh, the temperature checking, the risk assessment that we'll be doing are all meant to create uh, a kind of circle of trust. I'm going to talk about that more in just a minute. And then, of course, at the bottom, before I switch off here, the program implications and what this means for the way we'll schedule our day, the way in which we'll schedule access to different parts of the building, how we'll uh, make sure that we're doing pathways in the right way in order to maintain the distancing and the cohort grouping that will likely be involved in order to assure um, um, the, the containment of any infection should it emerge. We've organized ourselves into four broad teams to tackle this. Mm -hmm. And so the administrative teams are working together and they're expanding themselves to include appropriate staff where necessary. Uh, we have a, a operations team, a faculty and staff team, a program and students team that looks at the interaction of program and students and how we serve their needs, and then a communications team that will deal with both the internal and external communications to make sure that everyone's aware of the information like we've done during virtual school that they need to have to make effective decisions. So we're really working hard to bring those teams to bear 
And then we're using those teams and those structures and some of their substructures to begin doing our if-then scenarios. If we are have group sizes imposed upon us, how will we address that across all of those teams? Um, if there are isolation requirements, how will we address those? And begin to build from that in the planning area how we build policy statements and, and structural uh, implementation of this within the building. We have a lot of these things that are already being uh, developed and verbiage put to them uh, to the point where we're getting close to some drafting of that content into a, a comprehensive procedural manual to deal with pandemics and, and pandemic concerns. Um, but we've taken one step further, and that has been this idea of building a circle of trust, building relationships with parents, really capitalizing on our core value of we're all in this together, and turning it into how do we build this circle of trust that we have a good sense of what everyone is being exposed to and how we can control the school environment, the school community as a safe haven. What that allows us to do is that when we're within that circle of trust, we can have a little bit more freedom to work within the educational environment without overly daunting practices. So on all the doctors are reflecting on this and saying, yes, this makes sense and that we can use this as a methodology like many countries around the world are doing to establish a safe haven within the school environment and a, and a safety for all of us who are living and working on a day-to-day -day basis and have direct exposure to each other in the school environment. In order to establish that circle of trust, we've uh, partnered with an organization, Epixpert. Um, we had some interviews with them a short time ago and started building our own trust relationship with them. And after vetting a lot of their materials with our medical professionals in the community um, and getting feedback from everyone, we believed it was the right move to enter into a contractual partnership with Epixpert to provide for us a comprehensive audit. This audit will then direct us further in our planning. These two planning processes will be in parallel to each other. But when Epixpert comes with their audit, we'll know exactly what we need to adjust, what we need to fine tune, and what we need to install and make sure is ready for when we start the school year in August on our calendar date. And we fully intend to open on schedule on August 18th and with all of these practices in place to protect our kids and to protect our community. Um, Epixpert has a broad base of experience in this realm, both from an architectural as well, from, as well as from a medical point of view. And they are set to provide for us a wonderful uh, understanding of how uh, we can weave our practices together. Um, they also have a solid legal team that will advise us on all the requirements relative to GDPR and record keeping in regards to how we manage the situation. And they'll make a comprehensive set of recommendations to us that we will follow. And we'll make sure that we put into place as we open school um, this year. They are experts. They do offer a comprehensive safety solution for enterprises. They're in the enterprise game, but they're also working with other international schools here in Warsaw and, uh, and other places in Poland 
Um, so we're very happy that we've been able to reach a connection and agreement with them. Uh, eNotes today had a link to their website. You're welcome to explore their credentials and their information on your own as well. Um, and we begin working with them literally tomorrow uh, to begin developing the backdrop to their work both on site and with us individually in order to make sure that we build the an effective and comprehensive audit that will guide our planning for the summer. And this is more information uh, about them and their contact information. Um, this is an infrastructure audit and recommendations for reopening the school. And uh, Dr. Olashuk has been wonderful in his conversations with us, preparing us for this audit and reaching agreement on our partnership. Um, we're very excited to have them as our close partners in crafting our approach towards next year. Okay, so that's my presentation tonight to kind of give you a sense of what we're hoping to do and what we're wanting to do. Um, so your questions are up next. Um, I think what I'll do is I'll I'll grab um, I'll grab the Slido over here and uh, see if I can't uh, put our questions up on the screen that you've been entering this week. Um, Um, there was the first question up was a really simple one. Is Solavota prepared to issue refunds to students who are carrying a balance on their lunch accounts? Um, absolutely. We're working with them to figure out the process and procedure for that right now. Um, so we're hopeful that we'll be able to get information about that out. That's for departing students. Uh, we will have a lunch program next year. It might be a little bit different, but we're hoping that returning students will keep their funds on account. And uh, if you still want to seek uh, any type of a refund next year, we can approach that in August. So we're really going to focus primarily on our departing students at this point. And, uh, and, and we'll, we'll come up with a procedure and a process for that. So that, that takes care of that. Um, virtual yearbook or e-card signing is happening. Uh, we have a variety of things that are happening um, uh, in terms of getting ready for end of year process. You saw my letter last week. I'm not clear on all the e-card signing at this point, but I do know that there are various processes by grade level that are being developed um, so that kids can have a sense to do that. We've got our Flipgrid uh, potential that can offer an opportunity for that. And as we get closer to June 5th, I know that teachers and grade level uh, coordinators will be reaching out to you with directions and information about that. So we'll be, we'll be able to connect on that and give you some guidance on that in the very near future. Um, is it possible to leave uh, our school items uh, on the 5th of June if we don't come back next school year? Yes. Um, there, we have we have scheduled primarily June 8th for that. So we figured we'd get past June 5th and our final day and our activities and then have our departing families come on the 8th and then returning families for those that need to come between the 9th and the 11th. We don't believe that all returning families need to come back to school for anything. Uh, there is an opportunity to easily and quickly pick up uh, possibly your yearbook or a couple of other things, uh, but there's no distinctive need unless you have a need to address things that are here, either in lockers or other kinds of things. Our general assessment was most things were cleared out. For departing families, we had tagged 
uh, the 8th. But if there's a departing family that is potentially leaving early or even a returning family that has a specific need, we'll have a procedure out to uh, essentially schedule appointments with you and find a way uh, to address your needs in that final week of the school year. So look for information and details on that next, next week. Um, how likely is summer start date to stay? I'm very um, encouraged and optimistic that our August 18th date will be firm. So I, I'm, I'm saying that to everybody who asks. Everything that is on the um, opening schedule and on the line from uh, government and from various sources as well as European Union suggests that we'll be on a normal schedule for opening um, on our projected calendar date. So August 18th, keep it in your in your calendar and be prepared for that and plan your travel accordingly if you do decide to travel so that you can be back and out of quarantine and ready for the first day of school. And we're doing the same in terms of scheduling dates with staff and making sure that they're on online with that as well. So I think it's highly likely. Um, I think it's uh, it's a near certainty that we'll be back in school on August 18th as originally planned. Uh, do we need to return school books before summer? No. Um, if you're a returning student, we've made it very clear and you'll get divisional messages that you need not return anything. And you've seen uh, the technology related question that's already up uh, relative to this. Um, we are we are not requiring those things to be returned. We'll deal with that in August. And so there'll be an opportunity to return materials in August and then receive new materials for the year. Uh, we have records of everything that students are have in their possession and we'll be carrying those records forward. If you're a departing student, then that, that will be the process on June 8th or if you schedule an appointment with us prior to that to return uh, materials to the school, including laptop and uh, and any books or materials that you need to turn in. And of course, we've got the library program already set up so that you can turn in books just by driving by the guard station at any point in time, 24-7, and handing them a bag of anything you feel you need to turn in. And the guards are prepared to receive that and turn it into our bins that are stationed in our lobby. So we're ready to take those back. So I hope that clarifies difference between departing and returning students. Returning students, if you're gonna keep your computer and technology, please fill out the form. It'll remain in my morning message every morning so that you can do that. And if you will need to return other materials, you can, but you don't need to. Departing students, the date is uh, June 8th. And if you need an appointment for a time prior to that, we'll work with you individually on those appointments and come up with a plan. Uh, Warrior Warehouse, it does not look like we're going to be able to open up the Warrior Warehouse. I've been talking with PTO. If we can come up with a solution to do some type of online ordering, we will, but I think that's a stretch. Uh, we don't have a system or a methodology of linking that to inventory, packaging, or otherwise dealing with it. So I don't unfortunately think we're going to be able to deal with Warrior Warehouse in the day in the final days that are remaining and so that's one I, I just don't think we'll be able to find a way if something does come up we'll communicate it out in the morning message um 
wouldn't it be a great idea to keep virtual learning all year long so students who are sick or for some reason can't attend? Um, absolutely. I think there'll be some elements of our virtual program that will carry on in our regular practice. Uh, we know that. That's part of our planning. And so many of those components that we're now doing can wrap very well into our instructional approach. And we'll certainly be considering them. The things that have worked really well for us have certainly um, given us opportunity to pause and think about uh, synchronous and asynchronous time and how we can support learning uh, for our kids whether at home or at school and for those periodic times where they may be gone. So we'll be taking a look at that and how we have those things freshed and ready so that if there is something that happens that forces us into a virtual environment for a period of time, a cohort group or the whole school, um, then we'll be ready to turn the switch because we've incorporated those practices into our regular classroom. Um, Facebook, how is the school uh, staying GDPR compliant? Well, I think I just mentioned that a short time ago. Our auditors and our partners will be advising us every step of the way in GDPR compliance. And nothing that we're suggesting is not GDPR compliant. We already have agreements with parents and with staff on safeguarding and, and gathering information that's important to create a safe um, school community. So all of this is very much in alignment with our established practices relative to GDPR. We do not share that information. We use it internally uh, and everyone signs off on that on a regular basis. So everything that we're doing will remain and be consistent with GDPR compliance and, and relative uh, privacy laws. Um, thank you for whoever is popping the Facebook ones over here. And I'll go back to Facebook in just a minute. So hang tight on that. Uh, are you engaged with other international schools in Warsaw? Uh, we have been talking with some other schools, and certainly one of the reasons that we connected with Epixpert was based on a reference from other schools. We're monitoring what other international schools of our similar size and stature are doing, and we are not necessarily following what they're doing, but we're using that as a way of communicating back and forth and helping each other. I recently established a bit more of a dialogue with some of our preschools to understand what they were doing and how um, they were being challenged by that. I think I shared last week that some of the preschools that tried to initially open weren't able to, and even the ones who have opened are not seeing their entire population return out of concerns um, that we just aren't quite ready for that yet. And that's helping to inform us and our practices as well. Uh, another one from Facebook, uh, will there be a flag ceremony for, for closure? No, we won't be doing a flag ceremony. Uh, I think you saw in my letter, we will be doing a closing virtual uh, a ceremony. And we do intend to have an opportunity for a parade through the school for families that want to uh, drive to school on that Friday after that presentation. Staff will be turned out in numbers in order to uh, wave goodbye to kids and you as a family can have an opportunity to drive through. We'll have more details on that next week, but that Friday, June 5th, we wanna turn into uh, a wonderful closure opportunity for all of us after a very difficult quarter together. And, uh, and we wanna bring that kind of closure and, and uh, punctuation to our year. So um, again, look for more and more details on that as we get closer to the event. As with each event in my letter, I was just trying to summarize the end of the year. Each event will have its own detailed communication. It'll be coming out in due course. And so 
please just uh, you know continue to watch email and pay attention to the messages we put out and be prepared for that live stream. And uh, while our flags won't uh, necessarily be uh, in the gym and kids' hands being uh, paraded, uh, we do hope to have an international flavor and nature to our farewell parade when families are allowed to drive through the school and, uh, and share in our closure. Um, uh, do you think fall sports will happen either with or without travel? Um, it's unclear about sports in general right now. Uh, some of the sanitary requirements have suggested maybe we'll be limited in uh, particularly uh, competitive or contact sports. Um, and we do know that we won't be traveling first semester. Uh, we'll have more formal communication on that later this week. Uh, but there does not seem to be any schools that are supporting the idea of any travel for the first semester. Um, and that, as you can imagine, is a significant challenge for us to think about how we would transport um, kids in airplanes during this time period um, until we have a better sense of um, this disease and what its uh, ramifications are. Uh, we've got lots to watch this summer. This is a constantly changing landscape and we just don't yet know exactly what we're up against um, in the short, mid and long term. This is that new normal and many of the things that we've relied upon in the past, we just won't be able to have for a period of time until we can assess uh, and determine that, uh, that it's risk safe for our kids, for our staff, uh, for, for all participants. Um, okay, so that takes care of Slido for right now. I wanna come back over to Facebook and make sure I've checked through there. I think everything has been copied. It looks like it Mr. Little who's helping me with that. So thank you very much for that. Um, let's see. I think maybe I've answered many, if not most of the questions. I'm just rolling back through this just to check and make sure. Um, I have audio going. I hope everything's going well out there as I've been answering these questions. I saw that there was a glitch in audio earlier, but it looks like it was just him. <laughs> okay, great for that. Um, any other questions, either on Slido or on Facebook? Um, I'm happy to answer them. Um, a parent wrote to me last week. Let me tell a quick story. A parent wrote to me last week and caused me pause, which really led me to this concept of circle of trust. Um, they asked for their 13-year-old son if they knew another family, and that family was a trusted family, a family they knew really well, and they knew that that family and their family had remained locked down during this entire time. Would it be okay for their kids to get together? And I had to pause on that for a minute because remember I'd written a message last week suggesting that um, you know we should be cautious about this reopening and cautious about overly mixing. The spikes are coming. We know that. Um, and yet when that parent wrote about that circle of trust between those two families, I had to admit that if you'd made a risk assessment of that and you had assessed that family as trustable as having done what you had done during this time. There was no reason why those two children couldn't get together in either family's home and follow the protocols for those families together. And then I started expanding that thinking and realizing that that's what our community can be like, is ever expanding circles of trust. 
As it turns out, that's the that's the strategy that many are using, whether it's workplace or whether it's uh, schools or other organizations, is they're developing this idea of circles of trust where members of the trust circle disclose as much as they can about the things that they interact with in day-to-day -day life and do that on a daily and regular basis and then build a profile that says, I'm, I'm still in that circle of trust, that I've got that trust relationship with that group that's together. And thus, that group can be safe together. Um, that's far different than, and this is the one where I want to add the caution, that's far different than kids um, going out and accessing a, a wide range of people outside of the home um, that they don't know. And that's a danger. Um, that's a risk. And that's a risk factor that comes back into the school at a certain point in time. So you need to think about that and you need to think through the summer about how you build these circles of trust and how you stay within those circles of trust while the opening is going on because we really don't know what's gonna happen yet. We don't have a good feel for what this opening and what the movement of Europe, European Union right now to open up travel broadly, what kind of an impact that will have and whether we'll see a resurgence of infections and, and hospitalizations as a result of that opening. We still have a very um, difficult uh, virus out there and it's not going away. And for our community, while we've been lucky so far, um, it's not a matter of if the virus will make it into our circle, it's a matter of when. Um, and, and every doctor out there would say the same thing. There is an expectation that it will continue to spread, that it will continue to have an impact on us. And so all of the opening, without it being cautiously and thoughtfully done, has the real potential of expanding the number of infections and continuing to um, bring this problem to us uh, for the long haul. So again, thanks very much. And, uh, and uh, again, build those circles of trust. Um, that's going to be our way of containing and protecting our community is that we're all in this together and we protect each family and each family can trust each other. And then when we come together as a school, we can capitalize on that trust and create a generally normal learning environment within our cohorts and within our school because we've done due diligence on the outside and on the layers to get into that center circle. So that's my philosophical approach tonight in terms of expressing how I feel about this, where I've come to at this point in my journey. Um, I desperately miss all of you and, uh, and I want to thank you for continuing to send messages to me with your questions, with your concerns, uh, with your thanks, with your praise. Uh, it helps to make this a little bit lighter load to know that we're all in this together and that our core value about all of us being in this together is bringing to fruition uh, competent and capable plans for how we'll start the year next year in August and how we'll end this year um, with due diligence and with focus and with courage and with pride. Thank you all very much for joining me this evening. Um, we, um, 
I had, okay, I've got one last question. Uh, Kara, I'm gonna answer it and then I'm gonna sign off. If someone in the community were to become infected in the fall, would there be a large number of contacts who would have to quarantine? Um, this is beyond, beyond me to answer totally, but here's what I understand. The audit and our planning will create cohort groups. If the cohort group is identified with a case, it'll just be the cohort group that may have to go out for a period of time. And that cohort group would follow regimes for testing and cleaning, and then we would bring the cohort back. Um, and then this is the science that's out there right now about how you interact with a case when it emerges. And that's three different um, health professionals and, and, and science professionals that are advising us both through our partnership and just doctors in our community that say, this is how we limit the impact on the school is by creating the cohort groups, limiting the cross exposure and coming up with a plan for addressing cases immediately when they emerge. But our, fo our focus first and foremost is on protecting and not bringing a case into our midst then when the case emerges, we'll have a plan for addressing that and how we can tackle it. And then the last question, Rebecca, and then I'm gonna sign off. I have no idea how big the cohorts will be. That's, uh, that's a decision that's coming with the audit and coming with our planning. And so we'll, we'll come up with that plan when we know more about what the recommendations of the professionals are. I feel confident with our partnership that we now have medical professionals that will have competent and capable answers to those questions in the audit when they complete it. And that's how we'll answer those questions. All right, thank you everyone. Um, I'm gonna sign off at this point. Uh, it's been great being with you again, as it always is. Uh, please shoot your questions to me in response to the morning message if that would help too. I'll keep answering those uh, as I always do. Um, and uh, wishing you a pleasant evening. Don't forget to go check out the middle school uh, theater site and uh, take a look and add your comments for the kids. I know they'll really appreciate it. Have a good night, everyone, and farewell.